One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen to some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Oh, Time's Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me, as always, is Dave Callens. Hey, what's up? And on the soundboard, Mr. Robert Timothy. Woohoo! D- Dave, that was a lame what's up. <laughs> you, I mean, I, 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 hey, I just want to set the stage for your, your epic. Oh, you bring it down. So you're like a feature who, who yeah, tanks yeah. just to make the headliner feel good about himself. <laughs> Like your anti-hype man. <laughs> they don't do that on purpose. The shitty headliners just bring really <laughs> terrible features with yeah, them. Yeah. They have Fair no enough. idea they're tanking. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to uh, kick things off with a follow-up to a previous episode. Previously, I think about uh, two episodes ago, we were talking about how the subject of like the Hollywood elite and pedophile rings started to become kind of... Uh, uh, a, a topic that you're seeing a lot of now. Mm-hmm. And, right. and uh, now, first of all, kind of a hard uh, topic to argue with. Hey, I don't like to see children exploited. It's kind of, but it's kind of weird, I found, that people are just suddenly bringing it up now. Like, hey, I just want to let everyone know I don't like pedophiles. Like, imagine if someone just blurted that out at a party. You'd be like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the jury is pretty much in on that one, Mark. Uh, uh, was Is someone disagreeing with you? However, I I had some cause for pause on it because I noticed that everyone said, you know, starting to say like, talk about, you know, pedophile rings and things like that. It's all the same people that would say other things like the virus is fake. Sure. And and Obama was born in Kenya or whatever. And whenever someone has that uh, kind of track record with, with things they're saying, it makes me stop and go, hmm. You know what I mean? Just like. Uh, every time this guy says something, it's never good. So, but you know, again, this is the fact that all these guys, usually super right conservative white straight guys, were saying it. We're saying, yeah, we got to stand up against the pedophiles. I'm like, okay, something we can all finally agree Bobby, on. Bobby, uh, Bobby probably knows a technical term for this, but it's almost like an anti straw man. It's like these guys say this thing that, of course, you have to agree with. You're going to agree of with. Of course. And then whatever bullshit they espouse after that makes it that much harder for you to counter. Right, it's just such a weird flex. But anyway, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm on board. I'm human like everyone else. Don't want to see kids exploited? Yeah, keep making posts about exposing the the pedophiles. I'm I'm all for it, MAGA hat. Just do do your thing. I'm, I'm with you on this one. And then recently, it started to make a little more sense to me because no longer were people just satisfied with saying, hey, expose the pedophiles and kill them. First of all, you saying, I'm going to kill all the pedophiles and opening another bag of Doritos really isn't doing much, but, you know, I agree with the sentiment. They started saying more along the lines of, hey, did you know that everyone that was on Epstein's play was a Democrat? And by the way, the LGBT community is trying to normalize pedophilia. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a weird thing to say, given that there's, like, numerous pictures of the current president with Epstein, like it's a really weird flex to throw out there. Of well, obviously Trump's been keeping him close, so he can well, nab him. What's funny it about that is like if people are like, "Oh yeah, did you hear Clinton was on his plan?" I'm like, "Oh crap, is there any evidence that he, uh, you know, fucked with some girls?" And if someone was going, "Yeah, there is," I'd be like, "Fuck that guy, put him in jail." But exactly, you couldn't flip that around, right? Like you're like, "Hey, did you see that Trump was on the plane?" Like, yeah, did you hear that somebody said that he sexually assaulted, like a 13 year old girl said that both he and and Epstein sexually assaulted her? And they're like. She's a liar. Get her out of here. <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. 
exactly. And so it, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit less about saving the kids. In fact, it's, it's starting to seem like that has very little to do with it for a lot of people. And more with, you see? You see what happens when you give the queers rights? You see this? Uh. Slippery slope. I, I almost made a Facebook post about this, but I didn't want it because I know it would just piss people off instead of making a point. But uh, what is funny is you got a lot of people going, hey, we're desperately against organized pedophile rings of high-end elites who use their international intrigue to be able to pull kids in and sexually assault them. And I'm like, all right, but I went outside and the Catholic Church still isn't on fire. So how against yeah. it are you? <laughs> right, right. right. And, you know, but I just want to say this for anyone that, that, that may have seen some, this, this fucking crazy rhetoric that the LGBTQ community is trying to join hands with the pedophile community, quote unquote, and normalize it and consider it a sexual orientation. That's the rhetoric going right, right, around right now. Like, oh, they're trying to make it a sexual orientation. They're all about peace and love, and they're trying to include pedophilia in that. Uh, uh, pedophile, sorry. Let me just say this very clearly. So everyone can understand it. Of all the gay people and LGBTQ people I've met, of the hundreds I know, I have never seen one real-life gay person trying to normalize pedophilia or say it was sexual orientation. Never once. Furthermore, I have never once heard of a sexual offender outing themselves, making a poster to normalize pedophilia. I've heard of them using it as a uh, court defense when they were already caught, but right. those people are cowards. They operate in secret. They do not make posters with rainbow flags on them trying to advertise their whereabouts. That's yeah. another thing. The only people I have ever seen that have said that gays are trying to normalize pedophilia are straight, white, super conservative, super Christian right-wing dudes who either heard it from someone whiter and more conservative themselves or they just made it up themselves. And by the way, just as a side note, even if somebody were to say it's a sexual orientation, I could actually see that argument being a logical argument. Having your sexual orientation does not give you a right to harm somebody, right? So, like, if you're a straight right. dude, you don't get to rape a woman just because it's your sexual exactly. orientation because she doesn't right. give you consent. So, even if your sexual orientation well, it depends on what college you yeah. <laughs> even if your sexual orientation is that you're attracted to kids, they cannot, by definition, give consent. So, you would be raping them. So, you just, even if it's your sexual orientation, you still don't get to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just one thing I, I, I keep seeing, and I have a figure. I, I have a feeling that we're going to keep seeing. Then you just rename Facebook everyone that uh, disagrees with me as a pedophile. That's just the go-to now. <laughs> Everyone I don't like fucks kids. That's that's the, that's the argument now. I had a great one because this came up on uh, my buddy Damien's wall where, where this had happened where people came in and started like blasting about the pedophile stuff and I was like, hey Damien, you're, you're coming back at these guys pretty hard. Here's what you should do to see if they legitimately are an anti-crusader, like a crusader against uh, pedophiles and child sex rings or if this is just a weird political ploy to distract from all the bullshit that's happening on the right. It's really easy just go back to 2016 in October and see what they were posting about. Because if they really did care about high elites and running ch child pedophile sex rings, the highest office to ever be arrested in the United States history was in 2016 when Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert was convicted of being a 30-year serial pedophile who had been raping children since the 1970s and finally got caught and sentenced to prison. He happened to be a Republican chair of the House, the longest-serving uh -oh. chair of the House. At the same time, they were finishing up the Mark Foley case, who was another Republican senator who... Yeah, and he was also mankind, I think. 
who also had raped a few kids. So go back to those dates and then just check. And if they're giving Dennis Hastert a bunch of shit in October of 2016, then they are just a valid person who cares about the rights of children being exploited by powerful elite politicians. And if not, they're a partisan hack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Not that, that, not that this isn't such a comfortable su- subject. <laughs> So, Bobby, you had a question for us off the air that I was I thought was kind of interesting. Why don't you lay that on us real quick? And this this came to me because I have a few examples. I'm going to give you already trade back and forth. I'll give you my number one example and the one that made it come to me. Uh, but I was thinking about people that you have in your life that you briefly meet. This can't be like an ex girlfriend or somebody you lived with or something. You, your total interaction with this person has to be limited to a few hours at most, or maybe even a few minutes. But people you meet who make a lifelong impression on you, like you think about that person all the time, but like you, you never stop thinking about. It. Well, that never stop, but every few yeah. months it just pops in your head, and you don't know why. I feel like this is Bobby about to try to convert us to <laughs> Jesus Christ is our Savior. <laughs> but, but 100% you are certain that that person does not think about you nor thought about you 10 minutes after seeing you like a goldfish, like just never never even considered you in your life. And it, 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 this can't be like a celebrity, like, oh, I met Arnold Schwarzenegger and of course he'll never remember me or something like right. that. Just they were doing something so weird or they were so weird that so you're like... So it's kind of like uh, that that famous Lewis Black joke where he was in IHOP and he heard someone at another table say, if it wasn't for my horse, I would have never spent that year in college and yes. never stopped thinking about it. Yeah, so it's super weird because this person is weird or the situation is weird, but because it's business as usual for them, they will never think about it a, a day in their life. Let me let me just let me just interject real quick, uh, Bobby. I'm gonna go up front and say I feel like you're that guy for something. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your ostrich caper for one. That was an emu. First of all, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking idiot, Dave. But uh, no, I, I, well, that would be interesting. But uh, no, there's a few. So the, I'll tell you about the one that actually did inspire this, which I think about all the time. This happened right when we moved into the place we currently live, which is a rental. We moved in about a year ago. And this happened like a couple months after we moved in. And randomly on a Saturday, the doorbell rings. And I'm like, there's no one supposed to be coming over. This is weird. Okay, this is pre-COVID though, so not a big deal. Go open the door, and there is this mm, 60 some, maybe late 50s, early 60s, clearly very well dressed, clearly very wealthy woman standing there going, Excuse me, um, excuse me, uh, is your dog inside? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, she's right over there. Why? Did she get out earlier? And she goes, No, 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 no. Okay, good. Uh, whew. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just, I was doing yoga in your neighbor's yard, and uh, I saw that she was outside, and it's like, I just, I don't think people should have outside dogs. And I wanted to make sure that the dog was allowed to come inside the house. And I just stood there like mouth agape, like, what, what the fuck is this? Wait, you what? just, you, you literally came and knocked on my door to ensure that my dog is a inside and outside dog and not just an outside dog because if it's an outside dog, what are you going to do if it was just an outside dog? Like, what is this? And she just, what? she just was very satisfied with the answer that indeed the dog was allowed inside the house and turned and walked away and left me like stammering. I was literally doing the cartoon thing. Where I was like, I was like, like, I'm surprised you didn't ask follow-up question, is he allowed on the furniture? And I think to that all, I think about that all the time. It comes into my head like once or twice a week where I think like, what is this crazy lady's lifestyle? Like, do you know what it would take to get me to go knock on a random person's door to ask questions about their dog's lifestyle? Like, do you... <laughs> Another question, is it a random door? Or is she like the Jehovah's Witnesses that go door to door and go, excuse me, do you have a pet? Is he allowed inside? Is he allowed on the furniture? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. I think about it all the time, and I'm a hundred percent certain that that woman will like. She walked away, and she's like, "Yep, dogs inside. I've done my job." I okay. I have a I have a lot of these people over the course of my life, uh, just from the various circumstances I've lived in. But two come to mind. They both came from working at the the same liquor store when I was twenty. Okay. So I worked at this liquor store on Pacific Coast Highway when I was 20 years old. And technically this is three people, but I'm counting the first two as one because they came in the same car. <laughs> so I'm work- I worked the night shift at this place called the Holiday House Liquor Store on PCH. It was just me sitting there reading comic books and stealing little shot bottles whenever I felt like it. Uh, it was a great job. But every once in a while, a weirdo would come in, and this one was great. I'll, 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 I still use some of his uh, his his, uh, his lexicon, if you will. Uh, I'm working there, and my friend says, hey, me and uh, my girlfriend and her friend want to cruise in real quick. Uh, you think you'd sell us some beer? We were 20. I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, come by. So he comes in. The girls uh, go off to like uh, price out liquor bottles or, or, or some beer to see what they want. And as I'm sitting there just talking with my friend across the counter, this white Rolls Royce pulls up. I can see it from the counter, okay? This guy gets out, and he is like, picture, you know the creepy skinny guy you see in porns where he just ruins it? They're like super skinny and swarmy and have like a fucking gross little thin mustache. I always prejudge him, and I make the same mistake every time. I'm like, why is this guy in here? He's got no upper body strength. He's got, And then I go, oh... Right, exactly. But even then, even if that guy's packing, that guy always ruins the porn. Like, ew, I feel bad for this girl. It's that guy, and he's wearing, picture the shirts that Charlie Sheen would wear on Two and a Half Men, the kind of bowling cabana shirt combo, with a little tiny fedora to match. Uh, and he's got this, like, super creepy, like, penciled-in mustache, and he he kind of comes dancing through the door. He comes dancing. <laughs> And he stops, he looks over at the girls that are pricing out beer, he looks over at me and my friends, he goes, "Mm, it's a three-tier party in here, rock star. I'm like, what? (laughs) And so he comes dancing up to me. And by the way, he's got one hand behind his back. And I'm like, like, that's never good. So he comes dancing up to me, and he's like, "Mm, mm, gonna need some of that blue ice vodka, baby, five filters, baby, five filters. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I, I turn around, I grab a bottle of blue ice vodka, and it says it says very prominently on the bottle, five filters. I'm like, okay. So I go back to him, and, he, and uh, he, I'm like, yeah, it'll be uh, $14.99. The guy reveals what he has behind his back. It's a bucket of change. He pours it on the counter and goes, it's my poker winnings, bep. I'm like, all right. And as I'm, as he's counting it out for me, to be fair, he counted it out for me. The other door of that white Rolls Royce opens, and a morbidly obese man with uh, that was balding and had a mullet and was wearing a, uh, like a dirty sweatshirt comes in. He runs up, and this guy goes, "Hey, they call me Bear." I'm like, "All right, Bear." And he goes, and "He goes, hey." What do you get? What are you doing tonight? I'm like, I don't know. I'll probably hit a bar after this. And he crouches down and does like the the Matt Foley motivational speaker dance and with the fist pumps and starts going, Oh yeah, drinking, smoking, smoking, drinking, drinking, smoking, smoking, drinking. And I'm like, right there. And he goes, Want to see my infected toe? I went, No. And then they they left. <laughs> 
here's what I think. I think they're normal dudes, and this is like a night of fun for them. This is like Bobby pulling a prank <laughs> on somebody. Well, it like, works. Hey, you want to do the bucket of change thing? Let's go to the corner store. Well, yeah, well then how'd they get the rolls? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, here's what I think. Here, I think I have a better theory than Dave's. Worst blue ice spokesman ever. Well, you know, <laughs> to this day, I still drink blue ice vodka because five I know filters. it has five filters. Five filters. And to this day, I still say it's a three-tier party up in here, Rockstar, and no one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> nobody, and I, nobody knew that night either. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just like, well, fuck it. Uh, so that was that was that was one. The other guy, I was working the. Uh, they, they had me come in early on, like a like earlier on, like in the afternoon to cover the end of the Saturday shift. So it's Saturday afternoon, and I hear this clicking walking up to the door of the liquor store. Clicking, just. This guy walks in. He's a cyclist, all right? So picture a cyclist who's just got all the accessories, all right? The special shoes, that's what's clicking, the ones that click into your bike, you know? Yeah. He's got he's got the uh, little glasses with rear view mirrors on them. He's just, he's like a walking cliff bar, okay? So this guy comes in, and he's, he's covered in sweat. He walks in the door, stops at the door, looks at me, and goes, you into Asian pussy, brother? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not at the moment. I, and he's like, there's a ton of Asian pussy out there. I'm like, all right, sir, are you going to buy anything? He's like, <laughs> out there? Like like in the woods? Or like what? <laughs> just 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 outside, I guess, right then. <laughs> I guess he saw some attractive women of Asian descent, saw me, sized me up. He's like, this guy wants to talk pussy with me in my bicycle shorts. <laughs> Bobby, you didn't know they hang out in front of liquor stores? Like, uh, James and Bob. Bob. <laughs> so, anyways... Uh, he comes up, he, he gets his Gatorade or whatever, and he comes clicking up to the counter. He's like, what time you get off work, brother? I'm like, I, for some reason, don't want to tell you that. <laughs> I don't know why. He's like, check it out. You, me, the Shark Club in Irvine. Tons of Asian pussy. I'm like, I'm good, but thank you. <laughs> this is such an interesting, specific thing. Because, see, again, now he's talking about going someplace else just to find more Asians. So, like, clearly this is this guy's thing, which is fine. That's cool. But what's weirder is that he just sees Ryan and he goes, this dude's into Asians for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've never gotten that question before or since. <laughs> Dave, what's yours? I, uh, when Bobby laid this on us, I, I didn't know the parameters. That had to be like a brief encounter. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee this guy would not remember me. He was my neighbor for like two months. When I first moved to San Diego, me and my friend moved into OB. And we lived in this little seven-unit apartment building. And my neighbor, his name, we didn't find this out till like almost a month later. His name was Jeff. He spelled it like G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he would tell us his name is Goff. Goff? Like he would pronounce it. And he's like, yeah, my name's Goff. Parents named that short for going off. And we're like, okay. And he was just like one of those large in life characters. Like he would break into our apartment for beer once in a while, just like it was no big deal. Just like like a more aggressive Kramer. Yeah. He was like he was like a poor man's Matthew McConaughey, like without the charm though. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, was, he was just like, banging sixteen year olds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm picturing bargain store Matthew McConaughey. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, to his credit, he is the guy that, that taught me the luxuries of having a roof couch. Oh, a yeah. roof couch. Yeah, a couch you keep on the yeah. roof for sunset. No, I understand that. I, that, I just I, I, I didn't know it was a regular thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. You got to get in the game, man. Roof couch. That's where it's at. Nah, I'm more of a folding chair. I'm not trying to get a couch up there. <laughs> it's different when you don't own a place, right? 
<laughs> I guess so. Ryan, I actually got one that uh, stretches beyond me. And here's what's here's what's really funny about this. So this this happened to be like maybe 2011 or so. And a bunch of my friends and I, we were all going to a park. I think at the time we were in like a flag football team league or something like that. And we were all going to the park to go practice. And I will remember this for the rest of my life. We pull around the park. It's Morley Field. And there's this guy. Picture Jason Momoa. We actually think it might have been Jason Momoa. But picture a giant dude who looks like Jason Momoa, huge hair down to his back, giant ripped dude with sweet tats, no shirt on, just jeans. Why would you? He's standing on this little knoll, and in each hand he has a bullwhip, and he's whipping them ah. one one hand. It's one each. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. And we came around, and there was like a breeze, and his hair was like blowing back, and he's just this massive GI Joe action figure of a man, just whipping these bullwhips in the air. And as we drove around, like there's no explanation. Why is he doing this? Is this part of his whipping practice? What's the deal? And by the time like we came back, he was gone. And I remember, like, uh, that again, that happened about 10 years ago. Maybe about two years ago, I just thought of him. It just, like, came into my head again because I think of him a lot. And I thought of that, and I go, you know what? That's such a random thing. I know how unreliable memory is. I wonder if that was, like, a dream. Because, like, you don't usually see seven-foot-tall statuesque men with, you know, fucking godlike hair rocking two bullwhips shirtless in a park. And I was like, I wonder if that's a dream. I mean, one bullwhip, sure, but two, that's... I like texted because I was in a car with a whole bunch of my buddies. We we're gonna go, you know, practice football. I texted a few of them, and within seconds, every single one of them responded. I think about him all the time. I think about that guy on a weekly basis for sure. I do remember him. I remember exactly what he was wearing. I remember where we were going. Like I, I, I think about him all the time. I tried to find him online one time. I just looked up bull whips. Like he had the same effect on everybody. We just drove by in a car. He had no rec. Like he never even saw us as individual people. But we will remember him for the rest of our fucking lives. That's Do you ever think that maybe you're that person to someone else? I think I am to mm. at least a few people, not the least of which was one time when I was uh, I was out of college. I had my first like real big boy job and like, you know, so I had I had no wife to keep me in line and, and uh, teach me not to be an asshole with my money. So anyways, uh, I was I came home after work. I had a few too many after work beers. I was sitting there drunk. I'm like, I could go for a steak, but God damn it. I don't want to go to the store. I'd have to walk. I'm in no position to drive. And it's like, you know, a mile and a half that way. No way. I guess I'll just starve to death. And at some point, one of those door-to-door steak salesmen came to my door. You know, those guys that come and knock on everyone's door and go, hey, I work for a steak company and my truck just broke down and I'm trying to unload this uh, disgusting meat at, you know, uh, price to move. I guess right when he knocked at my door, I thought like Jesus had sent him to me. I like yanked him in by the lapels. I'm like, get in there. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see all the steaks. I mean, this guy spends his day getting doors slammed in his face, and he was probably preparing for me to dress him down and yell no soliciting. All of a sudden, I I treat like the Messiah just entered my door. I'm like, you heard my calls. (laughs) I bet he still thinks of that day. I I, I think I brought $80 worth of fucking shrink wrap meat. Yeah, I think I was party to being, I wasn't the guy, but I was with the guy who some weird family is going to remember forever. We were camping. This is like 20 years ago. We're at a campground where it wasn't super crowded, but there were a fair amount of campsites there right. that were occupied. And so we're like in our 20s, so we're assholes, and I'm not condoning what <laughs> we did. We had a campfire going. We were running out of wood. We trapped them in their tent. We set it on fire. So we walked over. There was a wooden outhouse. So we walk over there. It's still dust. There's still a bit of light out. My buddy grabs the door of the outhouse, like tears it off the hinges. It 
wasn't easy. He, like, wrestled it off until it broke off. We turned to walk away, and there's, like, a family just 10 feet away just staring Ooh. at us. And my buddy's like, I always need some firewood. And we just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I would have to shit with no door. That's, that's uncomfortable. But, uh, moving along, uh, there's a story that's coming out here in California. Besides the wildfires, Uber and Lyft are thinking of leaving California. There'll be no more Uber and Lyft here. You guys heard about it? Wait, so is it that they're going to leave or they have to then change the status of their employees in order to stay? It's that. It's like, we don't want to change the status. Exactly. So there's two sides to this. Now, on one hand, what the state's forcing them to do is, well, let me tell you my position first, is I don't want them to leave, dude. Like, Uber and Lyft has changed the game. How many times did you did you guys maybe drive a little bit too drunk because you couldn't afford a two hundred and eighty dollar cab ride, and now there's Lyft and it's like sixteen bucks, like that's the story for me anyway. I mean it's awesome, and some people rely on it. When my car is broken down, I used to have to go and get a rental car and say, "Hey, I'll be in later this afternoon after I fill out a bunch of paperwork. I have to go literally rent a car." Now you're like, ah, fuck, I, I'll just take a $10 Uber ride into work there and back, you know? Yeah. So obviously I don't want them to leave. And, you know, I, I don't want a lot of people to be out of jobs, too. I mean, this is, this is what they're doing. Now, the, the reason they're doing this is because if you look at it from the other side, Uber and Lyft is kind of being a little bit exploitive, whereas they're making a lot of money. Right. And they're they're not and, and they're skating around having to pay employees benefits if they work you know if they're working forty or more hours a week no, no overtime yeah. anything like that so they're uh, they're skating a lot of that there, there's something to be said like hey you got to play by the same rules as everyone but then again who drives for Uber more than forty hours a week anyway for, ever, for like every Uber driver I've ever met this is their side hustle. You know what I mean? Why well, were I drove for Uber for about a year, and there are a right. lot of people who drive like you know 40, 50, 60 hours a week. That like, that's yeah. their gig. There's a lot of people uh. who do that. I'm firmly on the side of like fuck those companies. Like I don't want them to leave because we've adopted as a society, we've adapted to having them. They're they're something that's practically inessential at this point. But dude, they have to they have to give their employees more benefits. They just have to. Yeah. But it's hard because you also have to get around the idea that we have the concept of an independent contractor, right? Like, that's common in work. I work as an independent contractor all the time. And when you have that, then, like, basically the deal is I just get money. The other person isn't paying taxes on me. You know, I don't get benefits and stuff like that. But that's just the way this job works. So, like, you could say we want to switch Uber and Lyft to these other types of jobs. But you would lose some of the the nice part about Uber and Lyft, which, like you said, you could just go do two or three hours of Uber, right? You can't do that if it's a payroll gig. And so it ceases to be something that can be like a side gig if you're not an independent contractor. So there's something to be said for saying, well, maybe we just want people that's going to go that are going to go in there and drive for 40 hours a week. Like that might be something to be said. But you would have to just completely redesign the system. Right. And that's the thing is like they're, they're working as if there's two options. Either we leave or we, we change our system. And they're acting like changing the system is not a possibility when they're mm. a billion dollar company. They're yeah. just gonna. They're gonna make the, their profit margin will be less. Right, and yeah. that's that's what it is. So yeah, I'm on the side of fuck those exploitive companies. But at the same time, back to Bobby's point, if you change the definition of employee, there now there's also going to be a stronger vetting process. Dave, one of your your best stand-up jokes is there's absolutely no prerequisites to be an Uber driver. So if you like, if you need money quick, if you need a job quick, and you're desperate, you have a car. 
You can just be like, I have a car and very few DUIs, and then you're it. <laughs> so you're gonna take away that from people because they're not just you can't, you can't just sign up to be an Uber driver if, yeah. uh, if they're gonna be giving you know health benefits and all this shit. So you're gonna take away uh, the the ability for people to just get a quick uh, a quick job if they're really in a jam. Yeah, so it's, there's always like two sides to the coin, right? Obviously, it'd be nice if those companies treated people better, but then at the same time, you know, we have 1099 contractors for a reason. What I think would be interesting is they keep the Uber system they have now. They get to keep everybody as 1099 contractors. But if you go a certain amount of time and you do your job well, then Uber hires you on as like a full-time driver. And then you get a salary and benefits and everything because all your hey, yeah. all the people who you picked up said you did stuff well and you gave them water and you were whatever. You were a great representative of Uber and you did that for six months or a year and then now you get a payroll gig. All right, well, right. two problems with that right off the bat. First of all, some people, like to Ryan's point, some people won't want that. They like, no, I don't want to, I'd, I'd rather keep Oh, you don't have to. Forever. It's just offered, but you know, if you want to do that. Uber, I'm sure they would find a way to get around that. Like, oh, sorry, we can't offer you the gig. You, you only have a 4.6 rating, uh, you know. One uh, last time before we get out of here is, do you guys have friends that you've known for a long time, like from your 20s to present day, that have never stopped making the bad decisions they made in like their twenties. Oh, of course, sure. You we all know comedians. Just for, like little self confidence, like yeah, at least we're not doing that bad. Yeah, yeah. So that, maybe that's deep down. Maybe that's why we keep those friends around. Like, well, at least I'm not that guy. Like every every time I I, I realize that you know I, I, I'm not making the money of some of my peers my age. I look at a homeless guy sleeping on the side of the street. I'm like, ah, comfort. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when I had a buddy who who didn't move out of his mom's house until he was 28. It made me feel a lot better about the six months that I spent back at home after college before getting my first place. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got one that's that's well into his 30s that's still living at home. Really? Wait, hold on. Never moved out? Still living Never at home? Never moved out. Uh, Never moved out. That's impressive. That's that's, that's like, that's Italian level, like. <laughs> that's actually very common where I grew up in Orange County. Really? Like people, uh, yes, the people are well into their 30s. Their parents have like a, a very nice, big, spacious home, so they're not technically on each other's toes too much. And a lot of a lot of parenting in Orange County is people just like, ah, I make a lot of money, but I didn't really raise my kid. Uh, I don't care what you do. Yeah, live here till you're fucking dead. I don't care. Like, seriously. If they're really cool, they move into the guest house out back, and that's... Yeah. Insane. But wait, so you're telling me, like, all throughout Orange County, you have a bunch of dudes who are, like, 29 coming home from the club on a Friday, like, quiet when you go to the bathroom yes. not to wake my mom. Yes, no, this this seems like, you know, it'd be a movie premise uh, for a comedy, yeah. but it, it's very prevalent all across Orange County. The nicer areas, the more it happens. So it's very prevalent in like the wow. Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, Huntington, Costa Mesa areas. Yeah, there's, there's people, and that's really this generation, like a lot of guys that just didn't grow up because why would they? Their parents never forced them out of the house. They never gave them a deadline. There's a lot of enabling of, in Orange County of like, well, if I don't let him live here, he'd have to live in a bad area. Like, yeah, that's what you do for a while. It's really fun. Uh, that's where you see all the cool it, shit and the stabbings. <laughs> yeah. And so now, I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of my folks' house like from the time I was like 15. So right. I don't understand this mentality. But then again, I realized my parents actually had rules for me. Sure. Curfew. I can't just go walking around drunk in my parents' house, you know? <laughs> but like a lot of kids from Orange County have no such rules. So <laughs> uh, so their parents aren't forcing them out. They're allowed to treat it like their own place, like they're paying fucking rent. Why would they move out? They're not going to be able to get a $2 million house on their own. Jesus. 
So yeah, that's very prevalent. But um, here's the thing: is when you have friends that are making poor decisions in your twenties, you don't care. It's just it's just kind of par for the course. You just figure they'll figure it out eventually. Well, also and in your twenties, you're making some bad decisions yourself. Yes, yeah, so that's what your twenties like, are for. Yeah. It's it's for bad decisions and dating crazy girls. <laughs> exactly. So like in your twenties, it's almost kind of funny. Like the bigger yeah. you fuck up, right? It's almost right. it's understood. Oh, I fucked up huge, but I'm in my 20s, so, ah, you know, so, you know, it's like, if so, if one of my friends went like, dude, I went out of Bender last night, I woke up and I'd missed my whole shift at work and they canned my ass, I'd be like, oh, legendary, yeah. but I have friends that are still saying that in their 30s, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, <laughs> do you know how tragic that is in your, th- when, when you hit your 30s, your alcoholism is no longer cute. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's no longer like, hey, I just fucking drank all day. It's, it's like, uh, that's a real problem. You're 38, man. Yeah, it's, it's a fast transition from legendary to cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. Right, so it's a much faster transition from legendary to, uh, hey, don't tell Jim we want to have a nice night tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, because they, they begin to become that kind of drunk, too. No, I got a friend that, the thing is, he makes a lot more money than I do but he's constantly fucking it up, all right? So, like, he, he makes twice the money that I do easy, but, like, he's living in a shitty place, and, like, every time he falls ass backwards into money... I'll, I'll give you an example. He's got a ton of debt. That's where a lot of his paycheck goes. And, like, one day he, like, came home from the casino, and he's like, dude, I won $8,000. I'm like, dude, you can get back on your feet, man. You can get a nicer place. You can pay off, like, at least one of your credit cards. And he's like, yeah, and then, uh, you know, a, a day later, he's like, hey, you know what I did with that, that, that eight grand? I'm like, hey, the stuff we talked about? Like, nah, I bought a shitty car from 1971 that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, how much did you spend of that eight grand? He's like, all of it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to fix it up and make it really nice. And I went, with what money? And he goes, hmm. Oh. And so these are the kind of decisions I was making. In my 20s, I'd be like, ah, you screwball. And I, but now I'm like, you live in a one-bedroom shitbox. Why are you spending it on that? So I was out to breakfast with him the other day, and he's like, hey, guess what? Guess how much I'm getting back from my taxes? This is like back in July. He goes, I'm like, how much? He goes, I'm getting 10 grand, man. I'm like, 10 grand? Because he's, you know, military, single father. He's getting a shit ton back. Sure. So, Just listening uh, to you say this right now, I'm already thinking, like, what bills could I pay with that? <laughs> I know. And, and so now he does own a condo, but he can't afford to be there anymore. So he, he leases that out and leaves in a shit box. But, so anyways, I'm like, well, you could spend fi- uh, five grand of it and refinance your condo, and then you'll have a less uh, you have less of an insurance payment for the rest of the 25 years that you own it, and then you can use the other five grand to uh, pay off one of your credit cards. And he goes, that's a good idea, man. I think I'm gonna do that. He bought a hot dog cart. <laughs> do you get a discount on the hot dog? Let's talk about he, it real quick. He, he, he's, buy, he's buying like a decommissioned ambulance and he wants to turn it into a hot dog cart during a pandemic. I Wait. gotta say, I don't hate that idea. <laughs> I like the decommissioned ambulance. I yes. also have looked at a lot of decommissioned ambulances for nutty plans. So I do like the fact that he's going down this way. I don't think I'd pick hot dog cart as one of my nutty decommissioned ambulances. No, he, I, he, he definitely, wa- he, that much he's certain of. That is, he wants it to be a hot dog cart. 
In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's actually doubly stupid because a hot dog cart is pretty easy to like register yeah. and get like your stuff with the county and stuff. But the second you second you put it on the freeway, it becomes a food cart, which actually has all of these legal restrictions, including the fact that it has to be associated with an actual kitchen and dining area. It has to be inspected by a food inspector the same way a kitchen would be, et cetera, et cetera. By doing it in an ambulance, he's actually making it stupidly hard. Yeah. With a regular hot dog cart, you can't fire up the roof to get over to the construction site. Now, he hasn't bought it yet. I'm still currently <laughs> pleading with him not to. I'm like, please, you, 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 you're living in a one-bedroom that you hate. You've got a ton of debt. Please, please don't buy a hot dog cart. And he said he hasn't. But you have, like, four vehicles that don't work at this point. I'll just sit around collecting spider webs. Please don't do this. And I, he said he wasn't. But I just have a feeling that I'm going to be sitting on my couch and I'm going to hear the, the uh, uh, horn sound the, the toot of the cucaracha any day now. Now he just keeps the siren on. <laughs> Do you guys have any friends like that? Well, I'm not going to name specific names, but I will say this. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. It's amazing how fast you get over the person who gets way too drunk at parties in your 30s as opposed to your 20s. Because oh, yeah. we let those assholes hang out for years in our 20s. Like, oh, what's wrong with Billy? Threw up on my carpet again. Yeah, he does that. And it's like, at some point when you're like 28, you realize, wait, he does that. Why do we fucking keep bringing over the guy who does that? Let's stop bringing him over. <laughs> but every once in a while, somebody either slips in or they like come in with somebody else and they're the person who gets shit housed. like when you're like 36 or 37. And what I like is really seeing that justice come because you know that person has had to have been taken care of by a, a thousand times by whoever's around them. They've damaged property. They've yeah. ruined good nights. But now in our like mid-30s, somebody just looks at him and goes, hey, hey. Figure your shit out or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, honestly, like, I think we talked about this uh, in a previous episode, but it, it, it's it's strange how I could always deal with the drunkest motherfucker ever in my 20s. But by, by your 30s, I am just not interested. Like, I yeah. even, I, I think I even told you guys, remember, I, I set that rule for parties at my house. Like, if you have been day drinking, don't come to my fucking party. Yeah. No one wants to deal with you. No one wants to hear you incoherently babble at them. You're not even having a good time. You've been drunk all day. You're just, all those two people do is annoy people. They get in people's face. They yell woo way too fucking much. They, they yeah, and I have themselves. that copyrighted. They shouldn't be saying woo at all. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. They're just out there pushing their emergency hot dogs on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I do think you should get the ambulance, just not for hot dog cart reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I, Bobby just wants to ride in the goddamn ambulance. I t you're talking to a guy who once bought a FBI surveillance van and actually still owns it as proud owner of an FBI surveillance van. I thought that you were trying to sell the FBI surveillance van. You got a lead on a guy who wants to turn it into a surveillance hot dog cart. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's get out of here. Wait, before we do, uh, uh, I have a show this coming Friday, August 28th at Baybridge Brewing in Chula Vista, uh, 7 p.m. It's going to be the first time I'm back on stage since the quarantine happened. Five months away from stand-up, longest I've ever been away from it. We'll see how I do. All right, I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you next week, cruising with the twos. Mm, it's a three-tier party in here, rock star.
motherfucking time is passing by.